EMS One Academy is the leading way in high-quality, affordable training for EMTs and paramedics nationwide. Your department can take advantage of more than 150 full-length training courses and 225 hours of EMS continuing education in a robust learning management system. Training is accredited by the Commission on Accreditation of Pre-Hospital Continuing Education. Administrative features include group administration, credential management, custom course creation, assignments, offline training tracking, and more, all customized to meet the needs of the EMS training officers. To schedule a free demo, go to ems1academy.com. Well, thanks for joining us once again. It's time to go inside EMS. I'm Chris Subalero, and, and here he is back from the EMS World Tour, Kelly Grayson. Kelly, how are you? I'm good, man. Uh, back home after uh, relaxing four or five days in Ruidoso, New Mexico at the EMS Region 3 conference. Uh, great venue, great conference. Uh, I encourage folks if they're, if they're from New Mexico or that area to, to check it out next year. It's awesome. You know, we always talk about the things you talk about when you go to these conferences. I'd like to know something different. Like, what was the best meal you had in Rio Doso, New Mexico? The best meal I had at Rio Doso, New Mexico. If was you're going to repeat, if you're going to repeat every question, the show's going to go doubly <laughs> longer. So maybe just go to the end. Well, then <laughs> the best meal I had was uh, now you're doing it twice. Ribeye steak. Oh, you had ribeye. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> the bone-in ribeye steak at the Texas Club. And the worst meal I had was the bone-in ribeye steak at the Texas Club the next night. Just it was it was a pretty um, dramatic difference uh, between the two nights. We we went out one night, uh, John Politis and Nancy and I, and and had a great time, great conversation, and a wonderful meal. And the next night we figured we'd do it again, and and uh, we drove Ken Bouvier along. <laughs> Kenny was not impressed. They had some computer issues, some chef issues, and server issues, and it was just a nightmare. So was the food the same, or was it just the experience different? They, they, the experience was worse and, and uh, bad enough that it didn't make up for, uh, for mediocre food. The food wasn't bad the second day. It's just that uh, it, it, you, know, you don't notice, the, uh, you notice uh, uh, the taste a lot more uh, when you're disgruntled which we uh, were, uh, 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 I see, so that would have been the time maybe for alcoholic beverages. All right, let's go ahead and move the show. Along. We, we did have about... the alcoholic beverages, but, uh, but after the, uh, after dinner. Oh, experience. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, that worked out. So glad you had a good time. Uh, where's the next, uh, EMS world tour taking you to? I will be at the, uh, initial assessment conference in Lake Placid, New York, uh, toward the end of this month. And then, uh, immediately after that, I'll be at the Connecticut EMS Expo with the Mohegan Sun. So looking forward to both of those. Yeah, I mean, you're uh, it's like uh, the end of a Bill Maher episode on HBO. I mean, you're always talking about where you're going to be next. Maybe we should just do that and highlight, you know, the Kelly Grayson World Tour as we're done with the show. But Kelly, yeah. you know, I, I think one of the things that we're going to chat about today is you and I have talked about this really uh, a lot when we talk about the people that we're recruiting into EMS. Are we recruiting the right way and are we getting the right people in the career field? And, you know, we talk no about that. Yeah, I mean, we talk about that and we've been very, very vocal about, uh, you know, that we're not re recruiting the best people. Well, our colleague over at EMS One, uh, Mike Rubin, who writes the EMS Pioneers column, 
he wrote a column about the 10 worst reasons for joining EMS. Check the list before you start an EMT or paramedic career. And, and I, I, yep. I had a little bit of chuckle on it. And I think that the, you know, it's a, it's a great article. If you've not read it, certainly go ahead and check it out. We'll put it up in the show notes for those people that haven't seen it. But I, I think it really, you know, Mike really kind of puts the spotlight on some of the reasons that people get into EMS. And I think before we look at the article and kind of talk about some of the challenges of, uh, or mm-hmm. talk about some of the reasons why people uh, are joining EMS, I'd like to know from your standpoint, <clears throat> I'd like to know from your standpoint, as we start to see these new, uh, this new generation that's coming into our career field, why are they getting e- into EMS? What are you seeing as the reasons they're coming to, uh, you know, to the EMS career field? Well, we we purposely seek out adrenaline junkies, whether we're doing that by design or that's just the way our our promotional and, and recruitment materials are geared toward uh uh young twenty somethings who, who want uh excitement. Um and, and we really pay play up the life saving aspect of EMS and, and when people find out that that's not the majority of the calls we run or even a, a small minority of the calls we run. Uh, it's a recipe for disenchantment and disillusionment. Uh, I think we need to, as I've said many times in the past, we need to quit recruiting adrenaline junkies and trying to turn them into handholders and start uh, recruiting handholders and, and try to teach them to think under pressure, which I think is a, a much more productive use of our educational time and and uh, and would make better, for a better caregiver and advocate. So, yeah, we just we're we're targeting the wrong folks and we're. Uh, um, you know, and giving them a really unrealistic expectations coming into our profession. Yeah, one of the things that I think we do is I think we target uh, too young of a, of, a, of a workforce as well. I mean, we yeah. think about – I was reading an article the other day uh, talking about the changes in the in the fast food industry and, you know, how people are wanting more money and fast food chains are starting to move to – uh, you know, computer-based uh, or yeah, app-based yeah. Yeah, uh, ordering and stuff like that. But one of the things that made me think about is, is EMS an entry-level job? I mean, when we think about the, the people that we're, you know, attracting into EMS, are do we need to start attracting people who are older rather than looking at the folks who are just graduating from high school, paramedic school, people that are in their mid-20s? Do we need to start looking at it and changing the paradigm to think we need to start looking at people who are in their 30s? Yeah, yeah, and, and you hit the nail on the head. Uh, uh, the EMS uh, at this point in our professional development is an entry-level job, and it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. We, sh- we should be at beyond an entry-level position now. As Mike puts it in his column, we got a little chuckle out of this, he said, yeah, you know, there aren't exactly barriers to entering EMS. They're, they're more like traffic cones. Uh, and that's right. The, the hurdles to get into EMS are not all that high. A 150 to 200-hour course and a high school diploma and the ability to, to exchange CO2 with oxygen on a regular basis is about all that's required to become an EMT. Uh, and that's a darn shame because there, there are good EMT programs out there that challenge people um, but they're vastly outnumbered by the ones that, that produce a pulse and a patch, and that's about it. Um, you know, this is a, a discussion that Nancy and I have had on a number of occasions uh, about the, the volunteer workforce, is that, you know, the volunteers go about recruiting 
new volunteers in the same mistaken way that the, the professionals go about recruiting new paid people. Uh, they try to uh, um, attract the millennials uh, and the young 19 to 20 year olds. Well, that may work uh, fairly well for the for the uh, paid EMS uh, profession, but for the volunteers, it, it sucks because when you're 18, 19, 20 years old or, or in your mid 20s, uh, the last thing you have any ability to do is volunteer. You're trying to make a living. Uh, you haven't reached that point in of financial security where you could you can think about self actualization and, and uh, helping your fellow man. Uh, you're you're having to look out for number one right then. So slow down, just, uh, slow down, man. You're using you're using big words and you're throwing me off. That self actualization <laughs> thing really kind of. But let me ask you this question. So uh, you know, I, I'm glad that you kind of went to say that we needed to bring in uh, an older workforce. But here's the question now, because mm-hmm. one of the things that Mike starts off with here in his articles, he talks about people enter EMS to save lives. I like to come back to that, but he also comes into it to say, you know, to make money. So people get into EMS to make money, and that's really a wrong reason. If we're talking about attracting an older workforce that may have a family that may have a kid or two that has maybe a house mm-hmm. payment this isn't a career field that pays very very well initially and we think about some yeah. of those starting salaries in EMS are we plagued now with the uh, with the uh, the amount of money that people could make to say we can't attract that older workforce because they can't afford to start off in our career field yeah well I, I'm gonna I'm going to disagree, uh, not, not really, uh, disagree with Michael in that regard, uh, more like quibble, uh, with the semantics. Um, I don't think that, that we need to foster the expectation that you're not going to make a lot of money when you get into EMS. Um, you know, I, I just railed about disillusionment and career dissatisfaction, and that's a bad thing, how we have to give people a, a, an honest, uh, expectation of what they'll expect from an EMS career, but I also think that you can't set your expectations too low. You know, you we have a right to earn a living wage doing the job we do without having to work three or four jobs to, to be able to pay the bills. It's egregious what EMTs and paramedics are paid in many parts of this country, uh, and as long as we accept the status quo, that's all we're going to get. So uh, I think some degree of, of dissatisfaction and, and Pissed offedness uh, is necessary for us to drive uh, drive salaries a little higher. You know, if no one's complaining uh, about what they make, then salaries are going to be stagnant. So, in, in that regard, I think that uh, a little disillusionment and dissatisfaction and being vocal about it uh, is is going to be something that helps us all in the long run drive salaries a little higher. Yeah, I don't know that. I don't know that complaining about the salaries is going to make a difference. I mean, I think that there are agencies. Well, I that think certainly raising the barrier education-wise is probably going to be the the biggest thing that that drives salaries. Yeah, I don't higher. agree with that either. I think that there's a certain amount of reimbursement <laughs> that you're going to get back for an EMS call. If we send a bill out the door of fifteen hundred dollars or fourteen hundred dollars or nine hundred dollars, but CMS Medicare is only reimbursing us four hundred and twenty-one dollars. How are we really now going to meet the needs of our patients with the amount of calls that need to be run if we're only making $421 a call? So I can't go in and say, give me a $10 an hour raise because that money just isn't there. There are some agencies that, you know, were for profit that really uh, cut and, 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 you know, uh, kill their, you know, 
kill their employees and and really kind of work them to death. Um, but when we think about the money that's coming into the organization, it doesn't make a difference if you're sending out a thousand dollar bill, if you're only making $421 in reimbursement. So where is that money going to come from? It it makes no difference. Where is that money going to come from? Even if I have a, a a bigger education. So I, I think to make the money, there has to be a better reimbursement process for EMS mm-hmm. more than you're saying we have to, uh, um, you know, have more education. You have more education. It makes no I difference. I don't you're still getting for- with you there. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily disagree with you there. I, 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 but I think what you're making is, is basically what we're talking about is a chicken or the egg argument, which came first. Um, I think part of the reason we're paid so poorly to, by CMS is they look at us largely as a mode of transport to a hospital that does a little bit of medical stuff while we're doing it uh, instead of the other way around. Uh, we're not looked at, at uh, you know, they may say otherwise, but tacitly you look at the, the reimbursement guidelines and, and the fee schedules and it's painfully obvious that we're looked at as a transport mechanism uh, that does medical care, not a medical uh, medical practitioners that that uh, also transport to the hospital. Uh, and in that same vein, well, uh, I think the the key is 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 CMS reimbursement needs to change drastically. We also need to be start looking outside of uh, of CMS uh, and and Medicare and Medicaid uh, and start trying to diversify our revenue streams. Uh, our our communities need to understand what it costs to provide. Uh, EMS and, and start uh, putting some of the bill for it. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. And even uh, I'm glad that this health care bill didn't pass uh, this, uh, you know, uh, rescinding and, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, get, doing away with Obamacare and this, this Trump plan that came out because he was going to cut ambulance yeah. reimbursement altogether. And I think that yeah, well, uh, we really have to kind of think about that in the future. But, I mean, money is always an issue. But I want to go back to the number one thing that Mike has yeah. in his column, Kelly. and Because you kind of touched on it, and I want to kind of uh, uh, talk about it. He has uh, – his number one thing is to save lives. And you brought it up. If you think you're going to come mm-hmm. into the career field and save lives, you're going to be disillusioned. I don't know that, oh, yeah. that I don't know that that's really something that you you should be disillusioned about. Now it is few and far between that you get to make the difference in somebody's life that you could actually save them. But I think that if you can have the understanding that you're not going to be, you know, uh, grabbing somebody out of the jaws of death every single day, but you may have the opportunity to influence the outcome and really kind of cheat death on certain days, I don't think that that's a bad thing to think about. Well, you know, it's all about managing expectations. It's not so much that uh, we we shouldn't tell people that that they have the opportunity to save lives. They just don't need to expect it. If if you go into the profession realizing that you're going to help a great many people in a great many small but but tangible ways, uh, and occasionally you'll get to to do something really big and save a life, uh, then you're not disappointed. Uh, on the other hand, if you think that that what you're going to be doing is saving lives, you tend to ignore all the small and tangible ways you help people uh, in between the infrequent call where our skills actually make the difference between life and death. Uh, and, and it's all about the attitude. Uh, you, you you know, my uh, my buddy Jeff Roche just phrased it best. He said, Kelly, it's not EMS's job to score touchdowns. And I said, you know, well, what do you mean touchdowns? He said, we, we don't score touchdowns. It's not our job. And I said, ah, I get what you're saying, you know, and he likened uh, um, 
EMS and the emergency department is the offense on a football team. Um, and, and EMS is the special teams in football. Uh, it's our job to field a kickoff or a punt and return it as far up the field as we can uh, and put the offense in a position to score. And, and that's a, a great analogy in my mind. Uh, if, you, if you can't get good field position on a regular basis, you're not going to score many touchdowns. Uh, so you're going to hamper the, the ability of the offense, the emergency department, to, to do what they need to do and to save lives. Uh, and occasionally, if you're lucky or you're really, really good, you get to break one loose for a score all by yourself and get your high-mind moment on national television. But uh, if you think that you're, you know, you're just going to score touchdowns on, on every play, then you're going to be sorely disappointed. Uh, but you look at all the, the best teams, none of them win without good special teams play. So what we do is important. It's just not the be-all and end-all uh, of emergency care. Yeah. So another one that he has in there is is you shouldn't join EMS to become famous. Yes, that's right, ladies and gentlemen. You, too, can be put on the Kelly Grayson promotional plan of being famous in our career field. But um, I, I became I'm, I'm, I'm infamous, not not famous. Just you infamous are infamous. or notorious. Notorious. How about that? The notorious <laughs> KEG. Is your, <laughs> that's awesome. The notorious. What's your middle initial? <laughs> Uh, well, they, they actually abbreviated, but that, uh, the, the TNKFG, the notorious Kelly F Grayson, even though F's not my middle initial, I'll leave it up to your imagination what the F stands for. Yeah. I think we know what it stands for, but, uh, <laughs> you know, but that's one of the things, I mean, do you come into the career field to get famous? I don't know. I mean, EMS is a career field that I think that there's a lot of pioneering left to do. And I think that you could be part mm-hmm. of, you know, that, that effort to pioneer EMS. So uh, other things that he writes. And, is, and if you do get famous, if you do get famous, it's usually for doing something wrong. Uh, and, and the little minor sorts of fame are usually only with your own squad. And you always have to wind up buying them ice cream. Afterwards. That's right. Uh, I mean, I got famous. In the EMS. Get on TV, you got to buy a squad of ice cream. It's that infamous thing of being the partner of uh, the notorious KEG. So, um, but, there you uh, go. Um, another thing that he writes is to get a job for security for benefits. So again, you know, if we think about those, if we think about those areas, if people say that they're going to take an EMT course, uh, 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 and Mike says it here, a hundred and twenty to two hundred hour EMT course, just to get a job, that's the wrong reason to do it. Do you agree? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, most definitely. What about if your you opinion, know, I, though, what about if your thought is that you want to go to medical school and you're looking for something before you can finish college to get into medical school and something that you could use in your resume? I mean, is it is it a bad thing to think well, about that's, then? That's that's fine. If, if, if you use EMS as, as a stepping stone to a, a bigger career, um, you know, we discussed that in past podcast. Uh, and, and I don't have an issue with that uh, for people who are you know, transient or, or just journeyman in, in EMS and, and use it as a stepping stone to the other part of the career as long as, as we said before, as long as you're contributing to the profession while you're here. Yeah, and I think that that's important, and I think that really comes down to a leadership aspect as well. I mean, if you recognize that EMS and uh, EMS is a stepping stone, you've got to be able to get the best out of those people who are, are waiting for that next big thing to come out. And uh, like I said, we hit that a couple shows ago, but I think you're absolutely right. You know, one of the other things that he says, Kelly, which I, I really got a chuckle out of, was for security. And uh, Mike writes that here's a rule of thumb for estimating how long you'll last in EMS. Take the year you were born add the number of brothers and sisters you have, then divide it by the melting point of titanium in degrees of Kelvin. 
uh, not sure of the answer. Good, my work is done here. You know, but I think what Mike is saying basically is there's no equation for how long you'll last in the MS. I mean, there yeah, have been people who've come into the career field who've said that they want to make this a career and they're out within, you know, a year because of burnout or, or PTSD or whatever that is. So is this really a career field that we look at that gives us security? I think it, I think it should be. And I think it's getting better, uh, as we, as we develop professionally, but, uh, but it's still largely a, a transient workforce, uh, that where people, um, typically in the last three to five years, uh, you know, it's been quoted numerous times that uh, uh, National Registry Practice Survey estimated the career span of the average uh, EMS professional is five years. Um, and, and I don't know that that has changed drastically, but I know that when you look at, you go to any EMS agency, go to your own agency and look at the medics that have been there 15 years or more, hell, 10 years or more. Go look at the ones that are 10 years or more, and you're going to find that those guys are outliers. They are not the norm. Most of the people you work with have been there uh, five years on average, uh, maybe five or six. Uh, if you do work at an EMS agency that has a lot of veterans still out there working, man, thank your lucky stars. You'll get to be one of those one day and obviously have a, a fairly stable workforce that people don't retire from. Uh, that people don't leave, you know, and that's probably one of the hallmarks of one of your better EMS agencies, um, that they have a, a lot of veterans there because there's, there's very little turnover. So, um, that's probably a good thing, but it's, it's far from the norm, uh, profession wise. Yeah. And I think that one of the things that we've got to think about too, is I think that your security in EMS comes from your own mindset. It doesn't come from yeah. anything else. So you've got to be able to know that this is where you want to be. You've got to be able to have goals to where you want to see yourself in X amount of time frame. You've got to have plans to reach your goals. But it's the mindset for staying you know, in EMS that will keep you there. And you've got to be able to understand the, the, the pros, the cons. You've got to understand the challenges. You've got to accept them. And you've got to have good reflection. I think one of the things that we don't do well enough in whatever positions we hold, Kelly, is we don't reflect on what's happening in our lives, whether it's a, a specific yeah. call, whether it's uh, where we are uh, you know, within our organizations. But we've got to spend that time reflecting on our experiences so we know how to continue. If we think that we need the same story and if we think that we need the same resources year after year, that's going to give us our complacency, that's going to give us uh, our burnout, that's going to give us those challenges. And I think if you have good reflection, you'll find that you're really secure in your job. Yeah, yeah, um, I, I agree, and that and that leads me to my quibble with with one of Mike's uh, points. There, he said number eight uh, long reason to get into EMS is to meet people. I think that's said, funny. So that's that a funny one. Uh, well, yeah, he's he's playing it for laughs, and I and I get that. I chuckled at it too, but um, at the same time, you know, I, I stress to people that the 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 key to career satisfaction and longevity is not how awesome you are with the laryngoscope or how awesome you are at cardiology or, or, uh, or the pay that you get, although that's obviously important, uh, that no matter what happens in EMS and how rapidly it changes, it's a different career field now than it was five years ago. And it's going to be a different career field now. I mean, uh, five years from now, 
than it is right now. But the one thing that's not going to change is you're always going to have partners, peers, and patients. And the thing that's going to make the difference between a satisfying career uh, and burnout is the relationships you cultivate with each of those three uh, types of people. Um, so meeting people is important, uh, and the people you meet are going to uh, enrich your career um, and, and enrich your life in ways that you, you didn't know if you make the effort to uh, to make the introductions and to be open to those new experiences. Yeah, I like number eight, man. It gave me that chuckle, and I think Mike does a really great job with tongue-in-cheek approach to uh, medicmingle.com. That is a that is a potential for a pretty awesome dating site. I think you know, it is, I, man. I, you We've, know, if I wasn't taken, I I I troll on medicmingle.com. Would you know, really? Find a chick yeah. Who, uh, oh yeah, find a chick who uh, who enjoys uh, eating spaghetti over talk of disembowelment. You know, under, has has weird sleep habits and, and work hours. Yeah, yeah, that's that's, uh, right. that's the way to to meet the your soulmate right there. So what Mike says is to meet people is number eight. You can count on that happening, but most of them have diseases and won't terribly be interesting in socializing once their pain meds wear off. I'll change my mind about number eight if I ever see an online dating site called medicmingle.com. So I think we do need to look in that. Look at that. I mean, if you got farmersonly.com, you could have medicmingle.com. You know, so Kelly, you know, I think as we get up here in time, as we got to think about, you know, closing the show, Another one that Mike puts up here is number 10, to do anything exciting you see medics do on TV. And we've all been in the, you know, we've talked about emergency. I grew up on emergency and it uh, being mm-hmm. really cool. At the time, I never had the the feeling that I wanted to be a paramedic, but I remember watching them and thinking how cool that job was. So if we think about some of those, you know, those TV shows that we see or we see some of those movies that have depictions of paramedics, should that be a, a jumping off point to say, I want to do what those guys do? I think it is. I, I think that, that some of our, our reality shows recently have actually reflected fairly well on EMS as a profession. Uh, I have my issues with, with some of the medicine portrayed in Nightwatch, for example. Um, and and uh, a lot of context winds up on the editing room floor, but I don't think anyone can dispute the fact that the cast of Night Watch in New Orleans um, was uh, was a pretty good representation of, of uh, the kind of people we like to have in EMS. They're normal people that care about other folks and, and want to do a good job, and they're just generally nice people. Um, and if that's, you know, uh, if that's the kind of image that's portrayed of EMS that the, the average viewer is watching and, and says, you know, hey, I'd like to do what they want to do, I have absolutely no issue with that. I think that's a, uh, I think that's a good thing. Well, here's the question that I want to know then, Kelly. With all these things, and again, great article by Mike Rubin. Mike, props to yeah. you for uh, you know keeping us entertained today and uh, really giving us something to talk about on the show. But, Kelly, let me ask you this question. Why should people then get into EMS as a career? Simple. Same, same reason we've most of us have always gotten into EMS as a career. If you want to help people, uh, and that's more important to you than getting rich, uh, then then come come check out EMS. We have plenty of opportunities to help people as long as you don't place any strict definitions on what help is. Uh, I think you can find EMS a rewarding career, and you can make money at it if you work hard enough at it. So yeah, if you if if you have a, a caregiver, a, a giving spirit, uh, and you're a kind and, and uh, uh, empathetic person, then yeah, come check out EMS. I think we'll be a good career fit for you. But hey, that's what I think, and we know what Chris thinks. We'd like to hear what you think. So 
email us at the show at ems1.com. Give us your concerns, questions, comments, and suggestions. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes. And for myself and co-host Chris Cavallaro, thanks for tuning in to Inside EMS. We'll catch you guys next week.